Hey everyone, Dr. Pat and I would personally like to invite you to join us in our Grow My Baby program. This is week-by-week pregnancy and birth information developed from our experience of helping more than 4,000 women grow and birth their babies. All our links are on our website, growmybaby.com.au. If you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant and you feel a little bit overwhelmed by all you need to know, then this is the right podcast for you. Welcome to the show. I'm Bridget Maloney. And I'm obstetrician Dr. Patrick Maloney. And this is The Kick, your expert-led podcast that delivers the essentials of growing a baby. Make sure you head to our website, growmybaby.com.au, to get some awesome free tools like our Pregnancy Knowledge Checker to help you feel like you got this. Well, welcome everyone to episode 36. Welcome everybody. Yes, and we're going to talk about thyroid disease in pregnancy. This is another listener request. We love our re- listener requests, don't we? Makes it easy. Yeah. That's right. And we get to um, talk about things that are of interest to people who are listening. Yes. And of course, it, some of it is really core stuff like thyroid, common. Common. It is common, isn't it? Mm. So, how we get to know what you want to hear is that people send us DMs yeah. in our Instagram. So, if you're not already our friend on Instagram, stop everything right now. Get on Instagram. Follow us at at grow underscore my underscore baby and come and join us and uh, send us a DM. We love hearing them all, even, Pat, dare I say, sometimes the bad. Bad? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, We got a one-star review. No. Yes, we did. And it's on our uh, iTunes and her tagline or his tagline is not an online commenter. One star. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but commenting nonetheless. <laughs> you lost me at the claim that women need red meat during pregnancy. Ah, yes, we discussed this. Yes, this okay. is patently untrue. Plant-based diets are very safe and in most circumstances a lot healthier than non-plant-based. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That reminds me of that hotel review we saw. We were in Sydney once and we saw this, uh, we, we were checking out this uh, hotel where we were staying and someone gave it a one-star review yeah. because they'd got the bill wrong. Right. And do you remember this? No. And And they said, um, this was on TripAdvisor. Yeah. And, and they were given, the hotel was given the opportunity to respond. Yeah. And the, the guy from the hotel said, I'm interested in your five-star system. Yeah. You seem to have allocated four stars for bill accuracy <laughs> <laughs> and one star for everything else. Yeah, yeah. So maybe this is, a, maybe this is that. Yeah. There's four stars for... Iron advice. Iron advice. And yeah. one star for for the entire rest of yeah. the podcast. We can't even think about when that was. When, no. When would we have even said that? Look, you need iron. Yes. When you're pregnant. Yeah. And there are different ways to get it. Most people in our community eat some red meat, and that's a very bioavailable way to get it. Your, mm. your gut gets iron very efficiently from red meat. Mm. Iron supplementation is very important, mm. I believe, for people who don't eat any or much red meat. Mm. And if you eat no red meat at all and you're on an iron supplement, then getting the iron that you need for pregnancy is going to be very difficult. Yeah. Now, a commenter might be correct that that is, that that's possible. She might be a very uh, motivated, 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 yeah. Vegetarian, so yeah. That person may be correct that it's possible. Mm. I would very much take issue with the idea that it's safer. 
Mm. Is, I would say that's not true. That I don't. I don't think it matters where you get your iron from. So from plant sources, uh, it's a big stretch to say it's safer. Mm. I think she um, might be sort of referring to the fact that we all eat perhaps too much red meat. Well, that's a different question. Different question. Yeah, different issue yeah. about the safety of that over our whole lifetime. Yeah. But in pregnancy, there's nothing wrong with getting your iron that way. Mm. So safer? Don't think so. But possible, yes. But I think if you're going to try and do it. You're you're going to need expert advice yeah. from a, a dietitian comfortable working in the pregnancy space. Absolutely. And I think that's what we discussed after we saw our one star and cried a little bit and then um, came back to it. And then <laughs> actually, it's true. We know vegetarians. We know some that are very motivated and mm. have a very good balanced diet. but diligent. just Diligent. But just like a lot of people that are meat eaters, there are people that are bad meat eaters and there are people that are bad Yeah, vegetarian. less diligent yeah, vegetarians less, yeah. who, who um, survive on mac and cheese. Who get by when they're not pregnant. Yes. Yeah. But but are in potential trouble when they are pregnant. Yeah. You've got all that extra iron need. Yep. And so what that meant for us is that we will do a podcast on iron yep. um, and we'll do it from, um, you know, Pat's medical point of view, but we'll also bring in a dietitian. I think that'd be perfect. Yeah. And the take home message would be that if you're going to try it without red meat and without iron supplementation, yep. then you're going to need to learn a lot. About, about how, how to, to get, get iron yep. from from plant sources. Yeah, and that goes for every diet. Actually, we had a we've got a dietitian in the Grow My Baby program, Melanie McGrice, and during those interviews that you do with her, Pat, you know, you go. Actually, everybody could see a dietitian. Yeah, yeah, and it's so easy to do that because you can do it via Zoom or Skype or whatever. Even a half-hour online consultation, I think, is probably well worth it. I reckon dietitians, I mean, I'm sure there's some extra value in seeing them face-to-face, yeah. but it's probably one of the allied health options for people that really quite suits the online yes. environment. Yeah, A lot of it's going to be telling that person what you eat and they're going to talk to you about the value of this and that and making plans and food dose and so forth. Yes. And I can't, I can't see why that wouldn't work quite nicely online. Yep. Excellent. All right. Well, and thank you, not an online commenter, for making us, you know, Clar- evaluate. And, and, and yeah, clarify. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So we are going to talk about thyroid disease in pregnancy. And you talked just, you know, briefly then about how common it is, Pat, but how often do you see it? Yeah. So again, a bit more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two to three percent of women who are pregnant in Australia are either hyper or hypothyroid. Mm. And what does that actually mean? Like if we go back to basics again, it's a bit like our um, last week's podcast, but what are we talking about? What is hyper or hypothyroidism? Okay, well, let's go right back to basics. The thyroid gland's located in our neck and it's a really important gland that makes thyroid hormone and thyroid hormone works in our body to control lots of critical parts of our metabolism from heart rate to digestion to reproduction. And disorders of the thyroid gland are reasonably common. They sometimes run in families. Mm. And they're reasonably common in the pregnancy age group. And what would make me think that I'm either hypo or hyperthyroid? Well, sometimes we just check in, in people who have illnesses that are known to be part of thyroid metabolism. Mm. So, for example, I would always check the thyroid in someone who presents where their periods are disappeared. Oh, right. Because that can be a, a symptom of hypothyroidism, so we would check that. Hypo, did you say? Yeah. Yep. You could have someone who had a complex infertility problem and would definitely have thyroid function tested as yeah. part of that. 
And then sometimes people have overt symptoms. So hypothyroidism, not enough thyroid hormone, tends to cause things to generally slow down. Mm. Um, so people would present with tiredness and lethargy, among other symptoms. And hyperthyroidism, too much thyroid hormone, the easy way to think about it, that is that things are too fast. Yeah. So they might present with tremor. Oh, yeah. Uh, high heart rate. Yeah. Um, and if somebody's looking at sort of like I do when I go to the GP and get a blood test and you look af- at the sheet afterwards and there's lots of acronyms and you think, mm, I don't know what that is, mm. is that TSH? Yeah, so TSH is a bit different. That's thyroid stimulating hormone. That's oh, the yeah. hormone that comes out of your brain yeah. to tell your thyroid to make thyroid hormone. Yeah. And mm. TSH is actually quite a nice way of measuring thyroid function. Because rather than measuring the output of the thyroid hormone itself, you can just measure the TSH, which is easy to do. And if it's telling the brain to make the right amount, then the thyroid hormone is probably making the right amount. Yeah. It's a negative feedback loop. If the thyroid's gone too hard, it'll drop the TSH and the brain will say, ease up on the thyroid hormone. Yeah, right. And so when you have a blood test, what else are they checking for? Well, we commonly check just TSH as a screening test. Oh, yeah. If that's normal, things are normal. And getting into more detail in someone who's got an actual thyroid problem, then we check for the types of thyroid hormone. There's one called T3 and one called T4. In pregnancy, T4 is most important. It crosses the placenta into the baby and then the baby will metabolize that into T3, which then the baby will use to make sure it's most importantly that the brain is forming properly. Yeah, right. And that the baby's reaching full potential for neurological development, intellectual potential. Wow. So what can a woman do? Like, you know, I'm sure that is everybody got a good level of thyroid that's not in the two to three percent, but you know, or are there sometimes, you know, you sort of see it and you're just dipping below the yeah. cutoff level? It only has to be normal. It's not one of those things that more is better. Right. But there's a bit of question about whether we should universally screen for this and we don't. So Oh, lot- so it's not in the first check. No. A lot of the time it's there anyway, and that's just some diligent GPs are testing for it oh, anyway. Yeah. Put a TSH level in that first blood with the rubella and the oh, yeah. and the hemoglobin and the HIV and hepatitis test and so forth. But it's not officially on that list. There is, however, a list of a checklist of people who might be at higher risk of thyroid disease. Mm. And that includes things on it like whether you've got a family history, being over 30. Yeah, um, <laughs> like most. You know, so, uh, <laughs> like a lot of people are. And having other autoimmune diseases um, in your body. Like what? Oh, if you've also got um, eczema. Oh, yeah. Uh, Another condition where the immune system is prone to attack your own tissue. Yeah, right. So a lot of people will pass that checklist and have a TSH tested at the start of pregnancy. Yeah. That just reminds me to remind people that if you're listening to this and you're just pregnant, we do have our checklist that you can download off our website. So head over to that. That's just growmybaby.com.au and Mm -hmm. and click on the just pregnant. And so that, that you can print that out and you can see what you will discuss and what tests that you might have at your first visit with your GP. Which is good to be prepared for, I reckon. Yeah, so you don't forget to ask for things. Because if, if would you suggest that women ask their GP to test for TSH? Well, I think they should go through the checklist and go into that first visit with the local doc with a good picture in their mind of their health to date. Yeah. Yeah. If there are any issues, that's the chance to bring them to the GP's attention so that you can come into the early part of that pregnancy with any pre-existing medical conditions 
optimally managed. Yeah. And what's iodine got to do with it? Oh, your thyroid gland needs iodine to work properly Mm. to make thyroid hormone. And when you're pregnant, the gland needs to make more thyroid hormone, Mm. which it can do if there's enough iodine. So you don't need, a normal person won't need supplementation of thyroid hormone, but they will need some extra iodine. Yeah. And the gland will then go ahead and make it. And there's iodine supplementation in some of our foods. They add some iodine to bread and other commonly eaten things. And if you get that bit of extra iodine from those sources or from a pregnancy multivitamin, then a normal thyroid gland will have no trouble upping the output of thyroid hormone by about 50% Mm. to take care of the needs in pregnancy. When you're pregnant, the kidneys are working harder and it wheezes a bit of the iodine out mm. and your plasma volume increases. So you've actually you've got more blood when you're pregnant. It's got to go down through that big tummy and through the placenta. Mm. And so the thyroid hormone is over a greater distribution within your body. So you need more yeah, right. to keep the concentration the same. Yeah. And so women should, well, you know, we're hoping that most people by then are on a multi. So their iodine would be covered by that. But also you can concentrate on things that have got high iodine in it. Sure. So there's some... Seaweed. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, So some people would be keen enough to follow that. And other people say, I'll just take the pregnancy multivitamin and that'll cover my basis. Yeah. Uh, We put dulse flakes in our dinner. Well, you don't know that, but I sneak that into all the stews. That's good good for iodine. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Good. All right. So once you've had your first test, but during the pregnancy, do you get it tested for your thyroid Uh, function? Well, not if it's normal at the start. Okay. It's normal. It's normally fine unless you develop symptoms, I guess. Yes. But no, if you've got a problem, then it needs quite a bit of testing. At that point, if someone's got known hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism, then again, that's one of those important things that ideally we would have addressed before you were pregnant. Yep. So what we, and this, sometimes that's possible, sometimes that's not. Yeah. Um, but let's say the pregnancy isn't a big surprise and it was a planned pregnancy, then the ideal thing for that woman to do is to go along to her GP to talk about that beforehand. Yeah. And if the GP's all over thyroid, they'll be able to make a plan that's appropriate leading up to the pregnancy. Mm. If thyroid's not really their thing, they might might involve an endocrinologist at that point. Mm. Maybe you've already got an endocrinologist, specialist, gland specialist looking over the problem. And a plan would be made so that the woman was on suitable medication up to the time of pregnancy. And then if it's managed well, things would go quite smoothly. How many times have you Googled something about your pregnancy? When I was pregnant all the time, Dr. Pat. (laughs) We get it. You may be confused or overwhelmed. It's normal to want information, but where's the reliable stuff from experts? Yeah. Now, if you like our podcast, Dr. Pat and I have developed an online program to help guide you through whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. It's taken us literally two years to put it together. Two long, hard years, wasn't it? (laughs) But, you know, it is a game changer in how pregnancy information is given. You're listening to The Kick with Dr. Pat and Bridget. How many times have you Googled something about your pregnancy? When I was pregnant all the time, Dr. Pat. (laughs) We get it. You may be confused or overwhelmed. It's normal to want information, but where's the reliable stuff from experts? Yeah. Now, if you like our podcast, Dr. Pat and I have developed an online program to help guide you through whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. It's taken us literally two years to put it together. Two long, hard years, wasn't it? (laughs) But, you know, it is a game changer in how pregnancy information is given. 
Now, how it works is uh, you get to sign up at whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. Like, so you could be pre-pregnant in your very early stages of pregnancy, late pregnancy, preparing for birth, or maybe you've just brought your baby home. And you get lots of information around that. And then you also get to join our closed Facebook group. We've called in all our contacts too. So we've got a dietitian, a anaesthetist, physiotherapist. Sonographer. Yeah, who else? A pediatric nurse, obstetrician, mother of four. Oh, just all the people you need to hear from. So if that's you, come and join us at www.growmybaby.com.au. Now, how it works is uh, you get to sign up at whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. Like, so you could be pre-pregnant in your very early stages of pregnancy, late pregnancy, preparing for birth, or maybe you've just brought your baby home and you get lots of information around that. And then you also get to join our closed Facebook group. So we'll have some Q&As and some lives happening in there. So we really get to interact with you. We've called in all our contacts too. So we've got a dietitian, an anaesthetist, physiotherapist. Sonographer. Yeah, who else? A pediatric nurse, obstetrician, mother of four. Oh, just all the people you need to hear from. So if that's you, come and join us at www.growmybaby.com.au. See you in the course. Do you think it's worthwhile sort of talking more in depth about hypothyroidism as opposed to hyperthyroidism? Uh, definitely. Hypothyroidism, that's when you've got not enough thyroid hormone. Yeah. So, and you know, I imagine that maybe that's someone who in the past has presented with tiredness and lethargy and been found to be hypothyroid. Now, that woman would have been treated with a drug called thyroxine, which mm. is synthetic thyroid hormone, and tends to work extremely well, and people will develop long-term stable levels. And can you take thyroxine in pregnancy? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but the exception to the long-term stable dosing is pregnancy, so yeah. it can be quite difficult, uh, well, more complex to get the dosing right. So, for example, a woman who's pregnant might have a thyroid function test every month at the start and at least once per trimester yeah. to make sure that we're replacing the right amount and that that right amount has factored in the increase for pregnancy. Can pregnancy cause you to be hypothyroid? Yeah, so okay. you can you can develop it when you're pregnant, absolutely. So that's hard, isn't it? We just put up a post a little while ago where we had someone that was just exhausted and it was just freaking tired. Like, you know, you're so tired in that first trimester. Yeah. How can someone tell that it's, you know, because of the pregnancy or because of something like hypothyroidism? Yeah, so that's um, a challenge. Mm. Um Tiredness, as we covered in our podcast on early pregnancy symptoms, is practically universal. Yeah. And I start thinking of other diagnoses if it's way more severe than normal or way more protracted than normal. Yeah. So way more severe, that person can't get out of bed. Or... Yeah. So if you're tired at nine weeks, but you're better by 12. Yes. That's that, normal. Yes. If the problem persists, then sure, we start checking some other things. And yeah. thyroid's pretty easy to check. Yeah. And so hypothyroidism, the dosage of thyroxine is um, needs to be watched more closely in pregnancy, factor in the higher needs, but tends to go very well. Yeah. Hyperthyroidism can be more complicated. That's mm -hmm. the person with too much thyroid hormone. And that's because a woman with, with um, hyperthyroidism may be on some drugs to control that. Yeah, right. That may well be quite relevant. Yeah. There's a... a drug called carbimazole, which is in common use for hyperthyroidism, but it's not the ideal for drug for pregnancy. It can be associated with a, a rare complication called aplasia cutis, where the baby's missing some skin on the top of their head. And 
there are better drugs for pregnancy. So we might change that woman over from that drug to another one for the duration of the pregnancy and then go back afterwards. Yeah. And then some women with hyperthyroidism have had that condition treated surgically. Oh, yeah. With- Where they've had thyroid removed or something. Yes, with a thyroidectomy. Oh, yeah. And therefore, they'll be naturally hypothyroid Mm. because the gland's been removed. So they're going to have- the hypothyroid picture in pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, similarly to similarly, someone who might have had their thyroid treated with radioactive iodine. So that's another treatment. For hyperthyroidism? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what's been done in the past for that person is highly relevant to their subsequent pregnancy needs. Yeah. And remember, these sort of thyroid conditions, they're common in young women. So it's commonly something that affects not, it's not a, just an old person's thing. No. It's, it's something that comes up for people who haven't had their babies yet. Wow. And actually, we didn't cover it, but, you know, even getting pregnant, is there a problem with women who have got a thyroid problem and getting pregnant in the first place? Yeah. I guess the person who's got the thyroid problem up the one you're least worried about. Yes, because you know how to manage that and treat it. And they'll be properly managed, yeah. exactly. So disturbances of thyroid function, hyper or hypo, yeah. can cause problems with ovulation. And it's definitely something we check if we think that the woman's underlying fertility issue is one of not making an egg at all, or at least not every month. Yeah. And so that person will be managing that. It will be on top of the issue. We'll have normalised the thyroid if we can, and we'll be making sure that she's ovulating so she gets pregnant promptly. Yeah. It's the undiagnosed person, I guess, that we're more concerned about. And that's why testing thyroid is part of an infertility workup. All right. So the person's gone through a pregnancy and a labour and she's got a little baby, which is all very exciting. One of the reasons why we want to do this topic is because somebody asked us about thyroiditis. Have I said that right? Yeah. Postpartum thyroiditis. Yeah. 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 So that, that's I just had a, to practice it first. <laughs> that's a, you're doing well. So that's a post-pregnancy phenomenon yeah. where the thyroid gland, you know, plays up after pregnancy. Yeah. And that's actually pretty common. About one in 20 women wow. will get that. What, lo- that already had a thyroid problem? No, no, flat out one in 20. Yeah. And that's where a lot of thyroid disease comes from. It's someone's been totally normal, hasn't yeah. had thyroid problems in pregnancy, but gets postpartum thyroiditis. And it's just where the thyroid gland becomes really inflamed. And sometimes that's symptomatic. The woman can actually feel that. Oh, wow. Sometimes it's not. So tell me if they can feel it. Where are you feeling that? It's, it's in, in the neck. Where though? Just underneath your jawbone? I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Either around. side of the trachea. Oh, yeah. And it might actually swell up. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't, but the diagnosis is there nonetheless. And it's got a bit of a mixed picture. Sometimes when it swells up, it will go hypo. Yeah. And sometimes it will go hyper. And sometimes it will go a phase of hyper followed by a prolonged phase of hypo. Yeah, wow. And is that because your hormones are just in kind of free fall after you have a baby? Well, it's <laughs> oversimplistic, isn't it? Perhaps oversimplifying it a little yeah. bit, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's a risk and it's something we need to be closely looking out for mm. and not confusing, for example, with postnatal depression. Yeah, because like if you're lethargic, you can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So we have to have what they call a low index of suspicion. We've got to be, or is it high index of suspicion? We've got to be on suspicious. the lookout, <laughs> suspicious and on the lookout for uh, for thyroid diseases in the first few months after a baby. Yeah. And typically, you know, I would use the help of a clever endocrinologist to help me manage that. Yeah. Mostly the one that's got two phases because it's going to be high, too high for a while and then too low. Yeah, wow. And occasionally that too low bit will be permanent. Wow. God, and I wonder how many women know that, say, that have dealt with hypothyroidism and and they're 10 years on from having their baby. What, that they've still got it 10 years on? Yeah, that it might have started way back then. Yeah, Yeah. wow. Gosh, 
got somebody in mind for that. I've just learnt so much in this podcast. Um, one, I didn't know about the 1 in 20 postpartum thyroiditis. That, to me, is kind of shocking. It's a big figure, isn't it? Yeah. But again, they're typically um, you know, capably managed and just need to be, be on the lookout it. for it. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. again, you know, for a lot of women, you're sleep deprived. Yes. Yes, you're exhausted. I think I recall telling you that I felt just like I was weary right down to my very core and that was just, you know, postpartum normalness. Yes, yeah. that's right. But I think thyroid... But I, I had you to tell me that, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> people would be really concerned. I think one of the things that's really done very well in general practice is awareness of thyroid disease mm. and testing that for people in particular if they're But a woman's got to want to and be able to get out up out of bed to get to the doctor get in the, the first place. Get to the checked out. Yeah. That's right. All right, so if you're experiencing any of those symptoms, that's where your six-week postnatal check is super important. Mm. And beyond. And beyond, that's right. Because it's not just that. Once you have a baby, it's not just the six weeks. It's it's forever. <laughs> yeah, so there's going to be some potential health issues that date back right to the pregnancy yeah. um, that might need attention for some time. Yes, I'm, I'm what, nearly seven years on and, and still dealing with my hip from our, my last pregnancy. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. sorry about that. Yeah. It does happen. All right. Well, everyone, I hope that was really, really informative. We'd love to hear your feedback. Jump online and um, tell us if you've had any thyroid issues when we post this. Um, And we'll look forward to chatting to you then. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye now. 